Welcome back inside LAFC. Max Bredos of the voice of the TV voice of the club on YouTube TV. Vince LaRosa of LAFC.com, the Wizard of Oz when it comes to all things LAFC. I mean it. Um, we are here every week. Please subscribe. To, you're already subscribed if you're listening, but pass the word. It's really important for us. Leave reviews, leave comments. That's very helpful for us as well. So we have a lot of ground to cover. This is episode 11, which also matches Carlos Vela's goal total. Yeah. Yeah. Player of the month, Carlos Vela. Player of the month. Seventh time that's happened. It's back to back. Seventh back time it's been back to back. And I know we were ta- you were talking about like uh, the obvious people who have done it in the past. Last season, Joseph Martinez did it. Uh, Chris Wondolowski did it. But you had a guy completely off the radar that had did it once. If you can believe it, Jack McInerney. I cannot believe it. Probably the only guy to, to do it back to back and also be traded back to back to back times in a season. He's still in I, the league, right? No, I think he's somewhere in USL trying to make his way back. He was a talented guy. Jack, if you're out there listening, let us know where you yeah, are. He'll get you with Bob. I don't know. <laughs> but no, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, it's a big soccer world out there. So we want to get right into it. I know a lot of people are like, eh, it's the scoreless game. Only the second time that's happened for LAFC. You can really very few times they've played where they haven't scored a goal. So this is uh, an outlier, certainly. Frustrating, yes. Whether positives, yeah, we'll get into that as uh, here shortly. But I think a lot of people will start to think, what is the, the, we didn't know what the Chicago game plan was going to be, but what they did is they defended, they, uh, they ran a lot. And it was surprising because uh, after 45 minutes, I thought they would run out of steam. I thought the way I saw them working, I go, this isn't, this, it'll never last. First 45 minutes, LAFC had all the incredible guilt edge chances. It wasn't going. I thought early second half it would happen. Instead, LAFC hits their worst patch of the game right out of the second half. And frustration sets in. Even Fire get a couple chances even later on. And you're like, whoa, this could get worse. It didn't. But uh, I think people will start thinking, okay, this is how you compete against uh, LAFC on their field. It's When you have the feel like Bank of California Stadium, it's, it's great. I, I, the first half was super exciting. It was loud in there. People were really moving. It, was, it wasn't a, uh, a flaccid game. It was, it was uh, in full throttle, and the fire have to play that way. Is this the way to play LFC? Probably. Will it work all the time? I don't think so. Not at home, and I think LFC's chances of getting an early goal would determine that. They just weren't able to do it, but, boy, they came really close. Yeah, the, the first 45 minutes are kind of a testament to just how difficult it is to do that. LFC pushed Chicago to the brink. And they don't get the goal, and that's that's what really determines the way Chicago is able to come out in the second half and flip the script for just a, a tiny fraction until LFC can kind of wrestle it back. But it's not like teams – we keep hearing, oh, is LFC figured out? No. This is just giving you that little bit of extra percentage point on the back end to maybe figure LFC out and maybe just get a draw, to be honest. I mean, yes, they had a chance around the 55th minute, Nikolic fires over. But maybe he fires over because he's been playing defense for 55 yeah. minutes. They were literally in the 4-6-0, sometimes flipped 6-4-0. I mean, they had guys back. So it wasn't – to me, it's boring in the sense that you don't get a payoff. Of course you want the goal. And if a goal comes, I guarantee you there's going to be two, three, four more. Because if you're Chicago and you're thinking, man, we had to do all this work just to get scored on, they're probably thinking that anyways at halftime. So actually credit to their coach to reorganize them at halftime and say, guys, I know you're suffering. I know they're getting chances. I know they probably should have scored, but guess what? Zero, zero. We are still in this one to at least get a point. But it wasn't boring, though. There was things happening. It was frustrating for a little stretch. Frustrating, but not boring. First half was not boring. I took my headset off. I was with Warren Barton, my plus one, uh, on a 
it was a YouTube TV game, as is our next week's one against Columbus. So tune in for that uh, for Match Day Live all leading up to the game. Uh, he even said, he goes, this is amazing. I go, yeah, I just get the, they're going to be frustrated. You figure they'll get it right. But that first half was uh, uh, price for admission alone. And then the second half, they just didn't have, they couldn't match those chances. To your point, uh, you got to, and we'll talk about this possibly at some point about Christian Ramirez, about the role of an attacking player in certain situations. And I think these guys, Fire had three attacking players that all were just workmanlike throughout that did mm -hmm. so many little things to preserve the result for the fire. Uh, Nemanja Nikolic, CJ Sapong, uh, Nico Gaetan, who is he's a high-profile signing. This is a guy who's played for some of the biggest clubs in the world. Uh, Benfica. Andre Horta, it was like one of his idols. He was yep. looking for him, and they, he caught him at the end of the game. Uh, Boca Juniors is where it all began for him. Big money. He was once a $25 million transfer, and now he's here in Major League Soccer, and instead of maybe getting free kicks and setting up, he's just – and he did it great. Uh, he f he fell over the game he ran so much. He just worked and worked and worked. Is that why he signed up for Major League Soccer? Probably not. Which is why it's so precarious. Yeah, but imagine it's, it's, it's being, like this is not the way it's supposed to look. Yeah, imagine being Ponovich and going, hey, Nico. It's you're a tough ask. <laughs> you're a fantastic player. You're going to need 90 minutes of just everything you've got. Are you in and or you out? maybe you can pick your spot. But do not break lines. Do not you know mess up the formation. And sometimes that happens. And some look, we know these guys have egos. Sometimes guys go, I'm not doing this anymore. A I lot of uh, big profile players have come to MLS have probably said that. I'm not going to mention any names, Andrea Pirlo. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> that's my but that's guy. a reality. I mean, you have to cover yeah. for some of these guys. And that's why I take my hat off to Nico Gaetan. He, I, mean, I was watching. He was, he was tremendous. He ran and he ran and he separated, dribbled these long dribbles and ch got LAC players to chase. That's valuable for the Chicago Fire yeah. effort. So. It but, worked. But LAC first 45 minutes, I thought they were great. Uh, they were moving the ball around crisply. They were moving around quickly. Guys were still picking up dangerous positions. What was most important was when they lost the ball. The recoveries were very good. The counter-pressing was very good. We saw less of that in the second half. And I think that's frustration. You got guys that are like, they're just like, I can't believe it's not going in. When you counter-press, you have to, the second that ball turns over, and even slightly prior you have to recognize situations when okay we're going to try something here there's an idea here that might go wrong i got to get close to my man and i've got to be ready to immediately hunt the ball when you're frustrated when you're thinking starting to creep in your head man what do we got to do that half second gives someone like alexander katai a chance to pick up the ball run with it for 10 yards now you got to waste energy to run with them back you got to get the whole team back to start over i think that's what we saw in the second half and i think it's why we saw less of the movements you would need to break down a bunkering team which is that double movement that third man in where basically you you've got to you've got to have a move on and then another guy filling in the gaps and that's how you get guys going but we saw less of that in the second half and that's the sh again credit to Chicago is this a, a game plan that other teams will will do in the big picture probably will it work all the time probably not not at this uh, Bank of California Stadium because there were so many chances to get that first goal and that first goal changes everything and yeah. it could be two or three because you can't play that same way if you're trailing because one nil, what does it matter if you lose one nil or you lose three nil? I guess it does matter, but one nil's not going to send you home any happier to Chicago. And I know that drives people crazy to hear like, oh, if they would have got one, they would have got four because it just seems like we're just saying it to say it. But it, it's so true because, again, that mentality to tell a team, a team of Nigo Gaetan, a team of Bastion Schweinsteigers, hey, guys, defend, 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 defend. Maybe we'll nip one. When it goes wrong, they're not going to do yeah. it. They're and not going to want to do it. It will go wrong. And, and take this. I mean, this is the approach teams have. 
when they face Barcelona in Spain, the, the smaller clubs, or Manchester City, England. This is how they do it. If they can walk out like that, they're doing backflips. That's what Chicago Fire maybe do backflips. So they're pretty content and, they, and relieved because their season hasn't gone great, but they, they'll be able to pick up the pieces uh, a little bit now. That's a good result for them. Um, Walker Zimmerman, I thought, stood out to me. He had so much freedom uh, getting out, uh, picking the right spots to go. I know we, I spoke to him last week about filling in that space when the fullback goes up. So I took a close look at that during the broadcast, and you could see it repeatedly and how smartly they do it. Able to get back, involved in some good set-piece opportunities. A lot of that's due. I mean, the, the, the combination with Eddie Segura, Eddie allows him to move up there and do that. That combination continues to work. But uh, Zimmerman continues to hit his marks um, defensively as an out-and-out defender, did he have to face uh, too much? Uh, did he have too much work to do? No, because these guys were were back. But he he, he wasn't stationary. He he thought it through and he he made himself available and effective in a lot of spots. Yeah, the understanding between Walker and Eddie is just so on point for guys that literally just met months ago, and they're able to say, "Hey, in these moments, Walker, go ahead and slide into midfield. Go ahead and feel feel free to step up with the ball because I I got your back." And vice versa, Walker slides over and covers for Eddie back and forth. And it, it's a big, big task because there's so much space behind them. When you've got C.J. Sapong, who has a lot of speed, just lurking. You know, he, he's, he's defending, but you know in the back of his head he's thinking, any moment I've got, there's only two guys back there for LFC, and I'm, I'm going right at them. Yeah. That, no problems, though. They literally – and, and it, they don't even look bothered because they just take the right angles every time. And the, the understanding is just – it's it's hard to explain and it's hard to see unless you're like you said you were actually actively looking for it i would say just spend some time watching those guys for a little bit even when the ball is up all the way with like carlos fella i know it's hard to take your eyes off carlos but just watch what they do watch kind of how they recognize when situations are starting to break down whether they think they can step and win the ball early or they think they need to drop back and slide over watch when beta goes forward and walker slides to the right Maybe Jordan even slides in. They have a back of three. These are just little things in the game that are so important that we don't talk about because they're not sexy. But they are so important. And then the other aspect of it, those guys in aerial duels are just their money. They they, it's so Walker hard to beat them. powering over some of these guys, and Eddie just knows where to be. Yeah. Teams don't want to play through us because that midfield three right now is, is firing pretty well and, and, and keeping things tight. You know, you got Latif just kind of buzzing around. Eddie and Mark do what they do, what they always do. So teams are, you know, the goal kick, they're like, well, we'll just send it long. Well, send it long. Walker's going to get it. Eddie's going to get it. Eddie's 5'10", wins almost every aerial duel. So I think those two aspects, if you're going to say, yeah, I want the team to score, and look, we all do. they got to be sharper in the things that, that they want to do best, which is passing, which is putting, taking advantage of teams because when you take those advantages, like we said, three, four goals come in. But look at it this way. They're the best defense. I would say – to the eye test and also statistically in the league. So that's something we couldn't hang our hat on last season. And if, it, if those trends continue, they're going to figure out the goals. Teams are going to crack. But, man, if, if we can always count on Eddie and Walker and the guys in the back to, to keep it to less than one goal games, you've got a really good team from front to back. Yeah, it's exciting. Defensively, there were, uh, there were issues last season, but they've cleaned them up. It's like I remember being very frustrated with that. It feels very comfortable back there. Uh, maybe the depth is something they would want to feel a little bit more uh, uh, complete on. But Every MLS team wants sure, depth, Sure, but it's, right? you don't have depth. If you have yeah. good center backs on your bench, they're going to be starting somewhere else before too long. So a point for LAFC, and I just want to reiterate that because in the big picture, finishing first in the West, finishing first overall, and getting the Supporter Shield is massive this season with the new playoff format. 
You finish first, you get a bye, which is great. Which so you, last, a repeat of last year is not going to happen for LAFC. And in the single elimination, if you play your cards right, you never have to leave Bank of California Stadium. Mm-hmm. If you win the Supporter Shield, if you win the West, maybe not till MLS Cup. But that incentive every week to come out and cheer the team and say, oh, can we keep up in first place? And right, that, right now, that's w- where they are. Uh, that is real. And as they continue to push through here, that's something to, to, to give a lot of importance to the regular season in Major yes. League Soccer, which may not have that, 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 that importance to it on a regular basis. I mean, the, the fact that you could play at Bankhouse California Stadium through the entire playoffs, so the atmosphere and then the pitch itself, We've seen that, you know, LFC can struggle if they have to go to a turf team. You don't want to play games on turf in the playoffs. So knowing that in your back pocket, the crowd's going to be there 100%. The pitch is going to be there 100%. I mean, that that's going to be tough, tough team to beat in the playoffs. Yeah. Galaxy finished second or third. You don't have to see them till the end. Yeah. And Sounders. Then lay the hammer down. Yeah, lay the hammer down. So uh, and the folks here around the club and Bank of California Stadium doing backflips, if you can – Book that stadium three, four times in October, November. Long way to go. Yes. That's something. So up next, uh, LAFC at Columbus, uh, a struggling team. I think LAFC has a real good shot at a full week to get ready. And then May gets a bit uh, crazy. You have home and away like Seattle, but with Dallas this time. Have a game with Montreal. And then June the 1st, where they play Portland, uh, they shut it down to... Shut it down, Major League Soccer, at least. They'll have some U.S. Open Cup activity, but international players will take off, and there will be a few of those uh, for international competitions over the summer. They don't get back at it until June 28th. So there's a that stretch here, body of work, where you want to at least maintain uh, the cup t- uh, top couple spots in the Western Conference, which I think they can. It's a tough schedule, but it's they, there's spots where they should get points. Yeah, you want to put the pressure on because, like you said, there's going to be that weird lull. And on top of it... It is a weird lull. It's three and a half weeks. It's unprecedented, really. Unprecedented, weird. And then when those guys get back, they're not going to just be injected right back into the starting 11. They're going to have an acclimation time, which is very important. I, I, I can't stress that enough. I mean, as much as when guys leave, like we saw last year, the World Cup, they come back, you, you know, you're, you, you've missed those guys for a month. You've missed Carlos Vela for a month. And you want to get them right back in, but they have to acclimate. They have to come back to our staff. They, it's just... It's too, there's too much on the line for us to just throw them right back in because there's there's the summer season, which is hot months, and then there's going to be the stretch run. There's almost two extra parts of the season you're going to have to go through. So it's going to be – there's going to be some weird things. I'm sure that's going to happen. It's, it's MLS. That's the way, the way they do things with the, the schedule and the calendar. But if we can, like you said, continue to hum this way to get to June 1st, Gonna be a lot of pressure on other teams, knowing that, knowing that then oh, another another window opens in July. There could be reinforcements coming. There's gonna be. That's, I I wouldn't want to be a team looking up at LAFC, knowing what they could get on a roll right, right. and just roll through the rest of the season. Remember, this is pretty much un, a, a few peripheral pieces put in by their own scouting, like an Adrian Perez and guys like that. But this they haven't made that big blockbuster type move, which I think maybe summertime. You'll see something close to that, uh, depending on whether there is uh, a need. But that's going to be a huge stretch, and I, I look forward to, to see what they could do. And I think with the Gold Cup, uh, Carlos Vela, it, it would surprise me at this point if he's called into the – I don't know anything. But based on what we've seen and what we may have heard, I, to him being on that, he deserves to be on it. But will he be on it? 
I tend to think he won't. So uh, I, I might bite my tongue here in a little bit on that. And then some of the other, Walker Zimmerman may feature for the U.S. You look at the teams that will finish to the end. They should get some of these guys back not too late in the game, unless Canada goes on some bananas run, which is not out of the realm of possibility. Canada has some, Mark very, has some very good players, and Mark might boss them there. I, I would say if he's playing left back, I feel less confident for them there because they, I think they would be much better off with like Mark Anthony Kay and Jonathan Osorio really pushing them forward. But yeah, Mark could go long, or he could be here real quick. And then your point on Carlos, I mean, as of right now, Tata's starting to say, oh, look at these young guys over here. Yeah. What do we got over there? And I don't think that's a problem for Mexico. Why wouldn't you want to see what you got in an international competition, one that, for all intents and purposes, Mexico should still be able to get to the semifinals final with right. that extra guys that aren't named Carlos Vela. All right. Yeah, very interesting. All right, so I think we put a good bow on that. Yeah. We have a nice run of show coming up. Uh, special guest Tyler Miller will be sitting in with us. We'll talk to him about LAFC and another clean sheet for him. He's got four. And we're going to hit the mailbag coming up. Got some great questions for you, so keep them coming. We're going to answer as many as we can and give you intelligent answers for the most part, unless they're not that intelligent questions, in which case we'll, we'll, we'll do have our it best. Up. Inside LAFC? Inside LAFC, we are going into our virtual mailbag. We asked you for questions. You responded big time. We're going to get to as many of them as possible. In the future, if you want to drop any questions, uh, drop it to LAFC Vince or on Twitter, Max Bredos Sports. I'd like to have been LAFC Max, but there's already like three Maxes. Uh, there are a ton of Maxes in our, our building. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Maybe I'll do a, a burner account. Ooh. <laughs> Just kidding. You already have one, right? I do not. I probably should, though. All right. Uh, LAFC Australia, our good friend, uh, wrote, should I bring some Vegemite over for you guys to have on the podcast? And uh, my initial reaction, and you may not know this, but I actually lived in Australia as a kid a long time, eight years. It was so long ago, I don't really bring it up, from five years old to 12. So I had Vegemite a couple occasions. Could not, it was, it was revolting for me. It, it is like the national dish, right? Yeah, it's the national snack. Kind of like a Sna peanut butter and jelly for us in the United States. Kind it's of like thing. the Nutella of Italy. Yes, but yes, not as good. but not as good. <laughs> I've never tried it. Uh, I'm game to try most right. things. Next so time I, you're in, uh, uh, fella, bring it in here. Bring it on over. We will try it. Matt, maybe maybe it'll rehash some childhood. Maybe your palate has changed, Max. Yes. And thanks for all the good work you're doing in Australia for our, for our club. We appreciate that. We'll try the Vegemite, and uh, I'll give it one more go. It's been a long time. Maybe my, uh, my taste buds have changed. And we'll keep working on trying to get games played in Australia. It's a long road, but... Why not? We see, There's a partner we see, there somewhere. Yeah, we see you asking for him. We, we're definitely, it's something, if we can make it happen, we will. All right, okay. All right, LAFC Central. Okay. We see him out there all the time. It's a wonderful yep. job. Um, young man putting the LAFC brand out there. He had a question, too. Where do you see LAFC players ending up at the MLS All-Star Game? Great question. Great question. Carlos Vela, as was the case last year, Wherever probably. he wants, as maybe the captain again. Yeah, probably a lock. We had two last season, Vela and Simon. Mm -hmm. I imagine we'll have at the very least two, at the yes. very most four. Two I don't to think he really four. Yeah, I would say two to four, maybe three starters, but definitely two. But a lot of guys splitting the vote. And I yeah. think uh, defensively, I, I think Walker Zimmerman gets in there. Eddie Segura, we have screamed for praise for him nationally. He's not quite gotten it, so I don't think he's going to get in there. 
unless things change very quickly. So I think it would be crazy if the defense has been as good as it has, as we've documented, that at least one of them hasn't been. So I think Walker Zimmerman probably gets in there. Yeah, it's going to take time. Name recognition is important in this. I mean, for whatever whatever you want to take that as, but it does kind of, you have to have a little bit of a name. That's why guys like Michael Parkhurst get in. I mean, people know who Michael Parkhurst is. Eddie is slowly creeping up those ranks, but it's, yeah, it's, it's still, a process. Still, yeah, it's a process. He's still a ways off. So I would agree with you. Probably Walker's going to, if they're going to split those votes, it's going to it's gonna be Walker. And, and for all intents and purposes, he probably should be that second slot starter. But we've got a pretty big battle in the midfield. Yeah. So we, there's probably not room for both of them. Probably not room Edward for both Atuesta of them. Mark Anthony and Mark K. Anthony K. K has the offensive numbers to go with uh, a heavy workload. Atuesta has the heaviest workload, I still think, of the midfielders. Uh, his influence is pretty obvious uh, mm-hmm. when you watch. And he's made it onto some of those teams of the week. Um, I believe he's been at four. So who do you – we're splitting it. Who do you th- I think it's going to be Atuesta because I think he's, I think a, so too. he's a little bit more pivotal. His the, the position that he plays, I think the word has really gotten out that if, if he gets plucked out of that lineup, ooh. Yeah. I, and some journalists that I've spoken to here and there about LAFC – have noticed uh, what Eduardo Atuesta is doing. So he is, you know, sometimes view they go second, I've heard second best player on the team. So I think there's enough there to suggest Eduardo gets in there as well, which would be huge yeah. if you can get those three guys. If they can get more, great. But I think we'll tap, we'll, we'll yeah, and cap Mar- it there. And, and no, no offense to Mark, he's done such a great job to raise his profile with his play on the field. And people know who he is. He's getting articles written about him. I believe Tenorio, Paul Tenorio has an article about him mm. in The Athletic that just came out. Check it out. It's a great article. Uh, it's uh, a lot about kind of the that, that kind of rise that Mark had. It's, it hasn't been a straight line for him. So read that and you'll get a little bit more perspective. But I think Edward just edges him and maybe he can get in on like a coach's pick. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh-huh. Who right. is the coach going to be? Have they said? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. It should be Bob. And Done. That chain, that's it. Get the right guy in the room. All right, this is from Al. How much GAM and TAM do LAFC have left, and what's their allocation order? I'll leave that to you. So GAM and TAM, I, lo- I love these questions. Let, let me get the allocation order out I of love way. them too. Listen closely. This is very helpful. Allocation order, I believe, is 14 right now, although not I would great. say it's not great. It's not going to get you anything anytime soon, and, but we're also not going to be moving up anytime soon because those are forgetting players like U.S. Internationals, maybe Fabian Johnson, Omar Gonzalez, not LAFC's MO, not where we're looking to spend big money. So allocation order. 14, answered that for you, but I would say don't even worry about that. Tam and Gam, though, there are, there are business and sporting reasons why you do not know what they are. And let me put it to you this way. We're in a salary cap league where teams know kind of about how much money you can spend. So that already puts us at a disadvantage, right? So the team goes, oh, I know how much money you have. Now, if they know exactly how much Tam you have to buy a player or to buy a player down, and we say, uh, yeah, yeah, 250 k for that player, and uh, Boca yeah. Jr. says, yeah, well, I know you have we, 500k. Benedetto? Yeah, yeah, I know you have 500k Tam. How much money do you think Boca Jr. is going to ask for? 500k right. of Tam. So it makes negotiations difficult, and in the long run, it actually is more frustrating because I think a lot of times it just ends the negotiation. Team says, "We think we recognize a player for this." They say, "We know how much money you have. We want this," and then they don't want to come up. Nothing happens, and then no players move. So it is of a benefit to MLS teams to not put readily available how much Tam and Gam they have, um, and just. Enjoy the weirdness, man. And just <laughs> Gam and Tam will always be yeah. your mysterious little cousins. It's good you that you don't know because it allows John Thornton to go to teams that also don't know and yeah. get the players that he wants, like an Eddie Segura, like a Danilo. You know, so just I know that some things are too opaque and it just it bothers people, and I get it. 
but at the same time, you got to understand there are sporting and business reasons um, to it. And it, 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 when you hear it that way, I hope it makes sense. In a perfect world, everyone could c cultivate a fair deal. But, you know, if you know you can get more, why not get more? I think that's how the, the MO we all abide by. But uh, that's how these Latin American teams make their money. Of course. It's, a, it's about they hitting the bottom they know line. How to sell. That, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. The one thing MLS could really learn from Latin American teams is how to sell how to players. How to sell players because they, they, get, they get full value. Yeah. Learn from them and learn from the Portuguese look, teams. Yeah. I mean, even the bigger profile signings, you see, you know, the, the Barcos, they're getting their money. Yeah. Uh, Rossi, they're getting their money yep. uh, for what they want. But so far, a lot of those have been very good. By the way, Barco Player of the Week, was it? Yeah, finally. Right, good for him. Good for him. Ezequiel but, Barco. But he is gone. Under 20 World Cup. Ah, so another he, come. Man, there's a lot of Open that door, you see a little bit of light, and then he's gone. So that's uh, now it's got to be P.T. Martinez that's got to step but up. But everyone knew what was what. Atlanta doing a little bit better, and I think that's good for the league mm -hmm. as well. Uh, they would be a reactionary club as well if something went really bad. So there's so much invested in there. But the Gammon Tam, I hope you got uh, the answer you were looking for there, Al, as we move on to LAFC Josh. You got the LAFC Josh handle. He's a lovely young man. He's always on top of it, Twitter. He, I made a mistake on a tweet, and he told me uh, I did. And I corrected it immediately. I, good looking out. Do have a question from you. Will LAFC be looking to bolster the lineup before the deadline? And I think it's worthwhile to, to sort of tell everyone about the deadlines that yes. we face here in Major League Soccer. The deadline that he is speaking about is May 7th. It is tonight at around midnight central time. So that's 11-ish our so time. Probably not happening. Uh, so I would Maybe. look. It may, there's been some activity there. Anything's possible. I mean, John Thornton, every time I speak to him, says we're always looking. And they are always looking. I mean, they're looking ahead ahead. They're looking at windows ahead ahead. So I would say that Someone's they're definitely always call. looking. Um, Storrington, he said, don't talk about him on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, don't talk about him. Uh, but I would say the more important window is going to be the next window, which is July 7th. That is the window when when teams, international teams, European teams, players are out of contract, which means you don't have to pay them as much, which means you can get them, you can give them a little bit higher salary, which will lure them here. So I would say this, expect the unexpected. There could be a move. I don't have any knowledge, by the way, so don't think that I'm giving you some, some kernels of something. But... The bigger window is July. I think if you're looking for, which I, we're all looking for, we love transfer season, we love the yeah. blockbusters. If you're looking for that bigger move, July is where the better value is in general. So you want to, I mean, you Portland got their man. It happens, but July is still the bigger window. They're always, always going to be by necessity. They needed that striker. They have a stadium opening pretty soon. They would love to have that guy in there sooner than later. So this is a big spot right now. We have, Tyler we have Miller. Tyler Miller. Do you want to answer some fa questions from the fan fans bag? Fans bag. That sounds awful. Fans bag sounds bad. Mail bag. Mail bag. Whatever you want to ask. You want to ask? Okay. You may not be able to ask. Let's see. Okay. Let's go down to this one. Since it was May the fourth weekend, what's your favorite and least favorite Star Wars movie? Uh, my favorite has to be the one with Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> the one with Darth Vader. Now I'm down about eight of them. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't watch a lot of Star Wars, to be honest with you. Um, actually, no, the one where they're they're racing through, the one the big race, you know, with uh, anyone Kenobi, I think. Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, forget the question. <laughs> we're All not right? we're not aficionados in this. Max, throw the break so we can bring Tyler on. We're going to break it up. We have a lot of questions still to ask. We will get to that next week. So keep. Responding to us uh, at Max Brado Sports and LAFC Vince. We love the questions, and they were really good questions. But we're going to get a break. We're going to be talking to Tyler Miller before this segment, right? We're going back in time? I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Tyler Miller coming up. 
We've moved the segments around. That's how we roll. Welcome back to Inside LAFC. We have configured the segments uh, because Tyler Miller's here. We're thrilled to have you, man. You're our second player to be on here. If we could have you every week, we would, but we don't want to put too many demands on you. Now, I'm kind of upset that I wasn't the first player no to be way. on here, but I'm honored to be the second player. We had a cross-promotion because it was Walker, and he started. You don't have a podcast on the no, I, I don't. I don't have one on the horizon, but maybe, maybe soon. I don't know. I kind of want to do my own thing. Everyone's coming out with podcasts now. You should write a book. Maybe I'll write a book. Yeah, no, just, go, just go the opposite direction. <laughs> do a cooking show. <laughs> do, yeah, do something completely different. I'm go back to the old age. Well, is, wait, is Beta oversaturated right now? Because he's got Beta time and he's got a podcast. Yeah, he's got a lot to handle, and he has a new kid. So I don't know how What's he's he doing. How's yeah. he dealing with all of it? You, you want to know how he's making me take care of all of it. <laughs> <laughs> he just shows up and starts talking. Yeah. Vince helps out a little bit there. See, I'm valuable in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. I can do some things. Oh, 100%. Tyler, since since you're here, and I, we did want to reconfigure everything because Tyler's here because we big guest. Um, I do have to ask you about that one quick moment against Chicago. When you did that, did you think for a second, though, like, hey, now that I'm here, chip him. hit it. Chip ousted. You know, I, I actually had more time than I thought. Uh, than I like thought I did on the ball. I was like, I got the ball, which I was kind of surprised about it for a second. And then I'm standing at half field. I'm like, well, this is like, this is cool. <laughs> like, this is great. This is different. New part of the field to be on. Uh, but no, actually, uh, I, I didn't look at the goal. I was just looking for another player that I could pass the ball to. And I saw Christian opening up to the back post. And I was like, maybe I'll get an assist out of this, which yeah. would be cool. One of the great pictures actually from that night that one of our many photographers, Ahmad, Quirk, so Edgar, Devin, somebody took it, is it's pretty much the entire half, and then it's you. Just a big, so wide-open half, and then, the half, and then yeah. just you yeah. alone. So tell, like, what, what is it like in those moments where you, you, do, you are pushing up because you're told to, I assume. Yeah. I mean, you're just a man alone in your thoughts. I mean, there's, there's space behind you. That's got to be terrifying. Yeah, there is. I mean, that's a, it's my style of play. Like, that's where... A lot of the times that I based how I want to play is from watching like Manuel Neuer, and if you before Manuel Neuer got hurt, he was all over the field intercepting balls, making passes, and uh, I think that that's one of my strongest aspects of my game is my ability to read the read the play and cut out those balls. And so uh, the way I see it is, if I don't have to make a save, then why let it get that far? Why not just go out and cut it out and then continue to play? kind of plays into Bob's systems like there's no idle bodies out there no everyone has to be ready to to shift and cover for each other and I mean for me especially if our attack is so fluent and and we're so aggressive in the attack that there's going to be times where we're we're caught in the counter and that's where it comes into the center backs and and my role to to be ready to cut out those balls and really make key interceptions that can help change the game Uh, uh, do you have an inner dialogue when you're there by yourself and you see everyone so far away can't really talk to any of your teammates. Is there something that you keep yourself company of what's keep that, that that list of items that you have to do? Yeah, there's there's like part of a, a checklist, but I mean the game is not black and white. Like every play is different. Every everything has something different, whether it's the score, or the time, or what's going on, the weather, everything. And so as the plays are going on, I'm kind of just scanning the field, seeing where the dangers are, where the next pass is probably going to go, and and trying to put myself in a better position so that way if things break down and I'm called into play uh, that I'm ready to to be to be there so hot off the zero zero 
obviously a lot of the focus is goals. I mean, this team is built for goals. Everyone wants to talk about goals. But on the flip side of that, 0-0 zero, zero means that you guys did your job. Yeah. And we've been beating... guys not carrying their weight over there. <laughs> yeah, we've been beating the drum for this. And, and it's something that it's gotten kind of lost in the shovel with all the big numbers and, and Carlos Player of the Month, back-to-back, those type of things. Is how good this defensive unit, and yourself included, have been. I mean, eight goals against through 11 matches. It's statistically the best defense in the league. And with little trade-offs you know, going forward. I would say that a lot of teams, when they kind of sure up the defense, there's always some kind of trade-off. Can you can you tell us, like, how, how is it different to you? Because it, it, it doesn't seem like the plan is different, just maybe you guys are executing better or, or, or you're just more comfortable. No, I think that it took a lot of guys some time to buy into uh, Bob's system and how he wanted to play and feeling uncomfortable at times and, and, and how aggressive we, he wants guys to shift and step and, and close guys down. But I think that this year over the first 11 games you've really seen guys embrace that and we've been winning balls back higher up the field which has taken a lot of stress and pressure off the defense um, to start but when it comes time to make those key plays and those key interceptions and key blocks in in the box the the guys are stepping up and they've been doing a great job and um, so far I mean it's been a, a breeze for me to play and it's been great because I know that I can rely on on those guys and the few moments that I have been called into to action this this year I feel like I've, I've been able to to step up for the team when it's necessary and is that right to say that like you guys haven't changed much no we haven't we, we've really just stuck with what we know best and, and what Bob believes in and we've all bought in and the knowledge of that system now it's it's easier for you guys yeah okay um you have four clean sheets you get to, that's all yours no one else gets to claim that. They yeah. go up on your stat line. It does. It goes up on my <laughs> stat line, but it's a team stat. Do you still get, do you st- I remember last year you told us you used to get the guys something. Do you still get them something? We have donuts after every shutout. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's like the Keep ones. Keep going. You may, have to, bring, you may yeah. have to pull it up to like some, uh, you know, like some Pollo Loco or something. Yeah, so maybe some tacos. Some tacos. That's the one like team sanctioned suite that you guys can have is if you get a shutout, right? Like yeah. there's nothing else. No, nothing else. Just just donuts after every every shutout. <laughs> That's all we get. We were talking about, and you have a great view of it, of the the work that's done between Eddie and Walker and how one will fill a gap or fill a need while the other one kind of covers there. So have you seen, how have you seen the, those two work so effectively? They've been great together. It's it's kind of a surprise. I feel like for a lot of people, for, for me, not really, because I see it every day in training, but for a lot of people, like, oh, how's the chemistry between those two? Because one speaks English, one speaks Spanish. But really, Eddie is such a smart kid, and Walker, obviously, is, is very smart as well. But the way that they play their styles, they really uh, balance each other, I think, because Walker is very good in the air, whereas Eddie is very good at, at chasing guys down and covering for, for Walker whenever he steps in and is more aggressive. Um, but I think that this year our center back pairing has been a really key uh, cog in our system because they're so consistent and they, they're always there for each other and they're always covering. So that's been really something that we can rely on. And moving forward, I think it's something that will really help our team continue to grow. Uh, how does that communication go by? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's common words they use. Or is it kind of yeah. like that sixth sense that they just know because of the training where to go? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of both. I mean, uh, there is that – the base Spanish that Walker and I can speak, um, but soccer is such a international yeah, language universal, in itself. Yeah. It's it's just like you don't really need to be able to speak a certain language to be able to play the game, and so a lot of it is through um, seeing where guys are positioned on the field and knowing where you have to be. 
And so that really helps uh, Walker and Eddie communicate on the field. Very instinctual. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm su- I was actually pleasantly surprised we had Walker and Eddie do beta time. Yeah. I thought Walker was BSing on his Spanish. It's actually decent. He actually, I mean, he spent only five years. Better. He spent five years in Dallas, so I hope he could speak Spanish. But that's yeah, good. You never know. Well, that's good if you guys all brush it up there because, you know, this will open up a whole world of doors. You can go to Mexico or Spain and order food and For sure. get along great. This is great. This is what LAFC is all about, that sharing of culture. That's what the LA community, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's all about the community aspect, and that's what our team's about. Tyler, I wanted to ask you, I saw that your your parents were out here recently. Yeah. Um, I saw some pictures of you guys hiking. How How is, how's your dad doing? I know that that's, that's something that's important to you and you're yeah. very active uh, in the community with LAFC in, in that regard and uh, in cancer, fighting cancer. So I just wanted to ask you, you, you know, seeing them, it was really cool to see them out here. And Yeah. Uh, and that's the one thing that, that um, my mom told me is that because of everything that's going on, he's trying to make as many games as he can. Um, which obviously means a lot to me, um, but he's doing better. He's doing better. The, the the treatments have been working and been paying off, and I think he's starting to feel healthier and healthier and living a more active lifestyle. Um, but yeah, again, this summer I'm gonna have my my fundraising event. Hopefully, play some beach soccer and uh, raise some more money than we did last year, and have a lot of people come out and, and support a great cause for uh, the Austin Everett Foundation and, and Children's Cancer Research. Do we know when? Yeah, about any details? When? We're not sure yet. We're still um, trying to lock down a date. We're hoping either the middle of June or sometime in July. We'll let, whatever the details will let us know. We'll share it here too. And uh, we'll we're here schedule wise. We'll be we'll be both be there. Yeah, we'll do our best to be there. I mean, the, to the I'm people. Be, I couldn't be there last year. I felt <laughs> yeah. terrible. I wanted to go. It was a beautiful <laughs> event. I saw it from it was afar. Well, it was a, it was a intimate event so yeah. it, you know not a, not a ton of people could no. be there but the people that were there I saw the photos I talked to you after we yeah. put a little article out um, it was just something very very cool and you know to people that say you know it's great to see players in the community um, this is something that I know that you're just so passionate about yeah. um, every time I talk to you it's it's never like we're going through the motions it's it's really no. something that's very close to you so that's why I wanted to ask you yeah. how, how things were going and because I just I see how important it is to you, and I want to make sure that we always are able to give you that platform because it's something really great you're doing. And I'm sure you're getting from LAFC fans just such great response to those oh, things all the time. I mean, it, it started right away when I got here with when I had my GoFundMe page for my uh, brother's fiance, um, and she's doing much better now too. Um, she's cancer free, so th- those have been great um just signs of of the cancer research moving forward and i think this event as well as many other events i'm just trying to do my best to help somebody else live a a better life and yeah we're we're professional athletes but i think that the main role of a lot of professional athletes should be how you impact your community and that's why my big thing that i want to do while i'm playing is help the community that i'm in and help people just have a better life that reaction from that community has been great on all counts because you, you're from New Jersey, yeah, uh, in Seattle, but there's this very Los Angelino vibe to you now. You've been very, you've been welcomed here, and that's due to the hard work you've put in as well to make that connection. Someone's got to make that connection. The other one kind of fits in, and then there it is. Yeah, no, and it's been great. I mean, the LA community has welcomed me, uh, and I mean, I'm far, far away, away from home, and I always like think back uh, to I'm literally a small town kid, like. 10,000 people and now here I am living in Los Angeles playing the sport that I love so it's couldn't picture it any better yeah, yeah. the fans uh, 
love you too. I mean, one of the, the chants that you hear repeatedly is Tyler Miller. <laughs> I get, I mean, it's it, awesome. It's awesome. I, I mean, I get, I definitely get the chills. Like, I, I I don't take it for granted. I almost am a little like shy when I do it. I'm like, oh, all right, guys. Like, thank you. Like, it's nice, but <laughs> let's jam for somebody else. Well, because it happens. Because you're doing you, good. When you come out to walk out, you're in your you're just in plain clothes. You yep. come out to kind of check yeah. out the nets, kind of just do your yeah. your mental preparation, get the chance. Then you come out to do your warm ups, well, get the chance. Yeah. Then anytime you do something, you know, of any. Just remotely, I mean, you you just do little things, and it, Tyler, Tyler yeah. Miller, you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> so there's many times, like a couple of, a couple of games this year, I, I come out at halftime and they're sharing my name. I'm like, I didn't do anything first half. Why are they sharing yeah. my name? Like I'm really appreciative. But, but there's a lot of love there. Last season, I can't remember the exact incident, but there was a, a, a mistake of some kind, and then you were like, I'm sorry. Yeah. There, and then these guys embrace you. And Chiva Mayor is one of the more visible yeah. fans. Because you kiss on the head. Yeah. And I, I was like, those one of those photos that I just remember are just very touching and that shows. That must from the playoff yeah, game. Yeah, that was from the playoff game. And I mean, yeah. it just, it, because it, it's, that was such a tough way for our season to end last year. And so, uh, but that photo, I think, sums up everything. What our team and our community is about is we, we care for each other. Do you have a special moment? I know we asked you, we had the little video that you put out. Yeah. Is there anything. So, so I had players that since we put out that video are like, oh, man, I thought of this and I wanted to say this. And I'm like, well, don't worry. You did great. The video is great. Is there anything, you know, I wanted to just keep celebrating because yeah. this, this past weekend was that place was loud, it like was. L- almost was. louder than I, th- I think it's ever been. As much as it sucks, like the playoff game was probably the, the loudest, the huh? loudest, craziest atmosphere like we've ever had. And it, yeah, it didn't go our way. And the game was so up and down. But. I think that that atmosphere that we saw there was just like incredible, and so like those are the little things that get us so excited to come back and play in front of our our home crowd every weekend, um, and especially looking forward to playoffs uh, eventually. Like when we get there, like being able to host a home playoff game—that's why it's so important for us. Because yes, there's a huge advantage for us playing at home because of our supporters. That's the only reason. It's, it's nothing else to do with it. Only because our supporters are there for us, that make gives us this huge advantage going into any type of home game. I mean, growing up, you this major league soccer was on, on your target, but you would have, I think, I'm doing the the math here. When you're a teenage kid coming into the league, still was developing. Yeah. It's really broken through. So, just from your perspective of uh, of being a destination league, certainly for a young American player, um, what are the things you think they've really developed where you gets you excited i mean obviously playing here is one thing not all mls clubs share that yeah but by and large where that's become a, a real positive i think that just the exposure for the league in general um when i was growing up there weren't that many televised games on it was on your local broadcast and like if you didn't happen to catch it then or you weren't home like you won't see it but now you hear about games on espn and fox and all these big network stations and and the games are being promoted so well and it's not just on tv but people are actually showing up to to go to the games as well and i think that that's just a credit to one how well that they've began to market the league because it is a a young thriving league that i think that a lot of players uh coming here can can do well and they've started to bring in these high profile names and uh bringing them in in times in their careers where they're still able to produce and do um, tremendous things like Joseph Martinez and Carlos Vela and all of these other young up-and-coming stars. And so that has created uh, this vibe in this league that's just like, wow, like 
all these guys are going there and being successful and, and having a great time. I want to do it now. So, like, now as a young kid, you're seeing some of your favorite players, like Carlos Vela, like, was a player that I looked up to when he played for Arsenal. And now he's my teammate, and I'm just like, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> so, so, but you see all, all of these young kids that are coming to our games and seeing our game, uh, uh, the players that are playing there, they're like, I want to be like them. And so everyone wants nice. to, to be a part of the MLS now. And we've got stadiums that are fitting of these people yes. now. So it's it just keeps going on the up and up for you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, I mean, there's still places where I guess you guys probably are like, oh, we got we to gotta go there. But eh, it's, it's getting it's part of the job. Yeah, we're weeding it out a little bit. I, I think the one cool part is the, the, the part you bring up is like you guys are so happy to play at home. Yeah. And it's funny because that's the way the fans feel. You don't you don't necessarily always think of that. Like, yeah, it's nice to be at home, sleep in your own bed. But you guys are literally happy to go to the stadium yeah. to be in front of those people, just as happy as they are to, to tailgate beforehand, get in there early and, and chant. So I think that that's, uh, that's just kind of a fun part that like you guys, we are all kind of in this together. Oh, absolutely, and I think the the team. It, it, it when we're successful, everyone feels it, and we when we're not successful, everyone feels it the same. And so, uh, everyone is in this together, and, and we all want the same thing, which is to win the MLS championship. Uh, but this year, I, I think that it's it's something that everyone is bought into, and they know that like they can feel it. Like we're at the top of the table right now, eleven games through, a third of the way through. And they want more. They're they're the supporters definitely probably were not happy that we tied at home, which because they have high expectations. But that's the same for us. They want us to to win every game at home, because that's just that's just how they are, and that's what they they ask of us. And I think it's fair. It's a high pressure situation. I've covered this league for a long time, and I see teams do well and not hit their marks, and they're like oh, okay, and it's. But it's at a point now where you have all this. And I, I imagine you have to feel. I feel it as a broadcaster. Right? We got to bring our our, our rest all the time because this is where this is the beacon almost of that it it is and it isn't i mean i i've got a good mindset where i just approach the game and i try to have fun every time i go out there so i don't i don't tend good to man. feel feel the pressure as much I shouldn't do it. I'll take <laughs> i'm a mess when you guys play <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna lie that's the funny thing is i feel like my mom has more pressure it on is. her watching I mean, me play than i do like, myself i feel it too you're like and, it, and especially when you guys aren't at home because yeah. i'll be like watching from my home i i'm like what What's going on? Like, why yeah. am I shaky? Like, what's like? Yeah. I, I have yeah. no. There's nothing I can do. Like, I, I was thinking to myself, like after uh, after the game, I was like, oh, I wonder how stressed my mom was when I was coming out <laughs> of that Poor play. Thing. Mom, it's okay. <laughs> but you get you get, you sense that target on your back against these teams. These players come to that stadium are like, yeah, yeah we got it. 100%. This is a notch on our belt. We can get. Them. Yeah, the, the teams are definitely motivated to come in here and prove that they can play with us and, and beat us. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for being our second yeah. guest. Real you know, quick, what is what movies do you like? You didn't like the Star Wars. Oh, what yeah. do we'll I get like? you a okay. good good movie question. Um, let's see. I, I like uh, superheroes, dramas. Inception. Oh, that's, good call. That's one I of, just saw one that on of the my, airplane. One of my favorite movies. Uh, and then I like a lot of animated movies. I'm big into animated movies. Yeah. Finding Nemo. Did you see uh, <laughs> the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? No, oh, I'm, not, oh, you gotta, I'm not big in Spider-Man. No, it's animated. You'll like it. It's a little bit. Really of, I'm not into Star uh, superheroes, but that was good. It's okay. actually really. It's it's funny and legit. Like good, good. And tr- kind of trippy too. Yeah, yeah. I have to check that out. I still haven't seen uh, the new Endgame movie. Neither have I. Yeah, so I, I guess we can't spoil it. Max, can we spoil can't. It. Well, the guy who directed it sits in the first row of the stadium. Yeah, he was so a Falcon. Whether you like it or not, you're gonna say you like it. Well, I want to go see it. I just. It's good. I need three hours. Don't worry. Whatever they say, they're making a lot of money on it. So. 
Yeah, thank you very much, Tyler. Yeah, thank you for having and, me. And when Walker finally does invite you on, tell him no. Yeah, <laughs> I will. It's too late. <laughs> tell me it's to pay me. It's too late. You did your quota for a podcast for <laughs> yeah. the year, and it was ended with us. All right, this makes sense as our last segment then. Yeah. All right, so uh, subscribe to Inside LAFC, leave comments and reviews. We much appreciate it. Because of that hard work, we get guys like Tyler Miller. That's how we roll, right? See? Pay off. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs>